0: Hi, folks. Uh, today is a very exciting day for me. I am interviewing one of my childhood idols, uh, Christian Lindbergh. For those of you who don't know who that is, uh, he was one of the pioneers of classical soloistic trombone music. Uh Really, really prolific with uh performing, but also uh, these really, really high quality recordings, which is how I, I first heard of him. Uh, and before we get into that, uh, I want to mention that he will be performing at the International Trombone Festival uh, this summer, July 13th through the 16th in Conway, Arkansas. Uh, it's his first time back. Uh, since 2003 Uh, so you really really don't want to miss it click the link in the description mark off the dates now if you can't make it out to arkansas there is an online streaming option as well uh you don't want to miss it so other than that let's get into it i'm very happy to welcome one of our featured guest artists at the international trombone festival again that's july 13th through 16th at the university of central arkansas uh Selmer artist christian Lindbergh. welcome
1: hello thank you very much looking forward to this it was like almost 20 years ago since i was there last time yeah. in Helsinki, in 2003 i think it was mm-hmm. uh, at an itf and i thought i really wanted to sort of blast off here so i'm doing <laughs> i'm conducting the the uh orchestra concert then i'm also doing a recital there will be a little bit of tchaikovsky a little bit of my own pieces Mm. and some solos and then also a short ride on the motorbike i think oh
0: beautiful
1: so that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun evening and i'm doing something with the boston brass quintet and then i'm also working with the trombone octet from indiana Mm and uh, we're doing a world premiere and i also also will be in the all-star right uh, opening ensemble
0: yeah yeah like. big 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 ensemble for the opening night uh with so many people <laughs> it'll be amazing um, yeah so you'll be busy
1: <laughs> i'll be very busy yeah <laughs> you know it's it's the the, the the fact that you have for almost two years i mean i was working every single week basically Mm -hmm. I was traveling for over 300 days a year and then suddenly you know you get into this (laughs) lockdown for 24 months I think it was yeah a total lockdown and you just uh, I'm just so looking forward to meeting the (laughs) audiences so I thought might as well play a lot (laughs) yeah
0: when was the last time that you were just home for a couple months you know, before the lockdown.
1: Before the lockdown, my goodness, I would say 1995. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course I. Of course I take holidays sometimes for a month or two, but mm-hmm. I mean this has been two years uh, with maybe. I mean, I, I went to Taiwan for for uh, two conducting weeks, but okay. that meant I had to sit for two weeks mm-hmm. in a current. So. Uh, that, I did that. I did Stockholm Philharmonic. I did uh, North Shaping Symphony Orchestra. I did a couple of recitals with Roland Penton. But that was all in 40, 24 months. So. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Very what did fun. you what did you do with all your time? You were given all of this time to just have to yourself. I'm sure the first couple months you were getting used to it. But uh, did you have creative outlets? Did you write more? What were you up to?
1: First of all, I started a recording company the European gramophone, we have now released over 120 albums. Wow. So that was an amazing thing. Together with my, my manager, my companion, my very good friend, who is a great composer, also a very good recording engineer. He had a record company on his own before and had won some Grammys. We created this uh, record company called European Gramophone. Every week we release uh, a new album of different different kinds. I mean, we have smaller ensembles. I built my own studio at my mansion here, that I where I live. When I bought a Steinway, the big D Steinway uh, grand piano, so that Roland and I can record, and I can record Roland also. So that's what I did <laughs> during the pandemic.
0: That's a passion project for sure.
1: <laughs> and I must say, I practiced a lot.
0: It's fun to get Which back was, to it.
1: Yeah, there, it was because I used. You know, when you travel and you conduct a lot, you compose a lot. There is, of course, I I played, still played. So I practiced around one to two hours all the time. Mm-hmm. On, on the road but now it's like I had periods of practicing four hours a day and I could also divide it over the whole day mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, it's been fun yeah
0: yeah it's it's fun to take a break and then have time to come back to it you almost get two practice days in one
1: yeah yeah um yeah.
0: so okay let's uh let's go all the way back what were you listening to when you were growing up what were the records that you played over and over and over first
1: of all it was the Beatles. Hmm. The Beatles were from when I was six years old. I had eight vinyl albums and I played them constantly, hmm. constantly, constantly, constantly. And then I bought more. Then I came into classical music and I, I bought a Schubert Unfinished Symphony, hmm. listened to that a lot. I remember I bought Beethoven nine. I listened to that a lot. I bought some uh, recordings with Maurice Andre, which was Mm. fantastic. Rostropov Mr. Slav Rostropovich, Schneiderham, the violinist, Mozart, oh, yeah. uh, Mozart violin concertos. Then, of course... What changed my life was Jack Teagarden.
0: <laughs> Jack Teagarden was the pivotal moment. That's the sound you uh, heard in your ears.
1: Yeah, I was I I mean, before that was made me play, start to play the trombone. Hmm. Uh, I didn't know that I didn't know anything about the trombone basically. We started a Dixland group when I was 17. And I heard him sing and play. And I was singing and playing his tunes in mm-hmm. the in, in the band. I got really hooked on the trombone. I got a very good classical teacher. And I, after one year, I got into the academy. After two years, I was uh, in the opera orchestra, one <laughs> in addition to the opera orchestra. And then one year, after one year, then I left and went on my solo career at wow. 20.
0: So you were only in the orchestra for one year? Yeah. Wow. Wow. And then, ah. <laughs> uh, and so I when did you, did you meet Roland in the, uh, in the, Conservatory or?
1: Yes, uh, yes. No? I was going to go for a competition, and I heard rumors about this young genius who was 15 years old at that time, and I called him and said, you know, I need someone to play with the piano piano with, Uh, would you like to accompany me, and he said, yes, Uh, okay, can we meet next week, yes, that was all he said. (laughs) Mm Then he came in and I gave him the score of Hindemith's Trombone Sonata. <laughs>
0: you gave him an easy one and, to start with. And I said,
1: yeah, and, and you know, this is very difficult. Tell me, yeah, let's try it, he said. And he completely sight read it.
0: Wow. Turning
1: pages, played every note right, every note correct, 15 years old, you know. And since that day, we've been the we've been best friends.
0: How much would you say his playing has actually uh, molded what you do on the trombone?
1: It's been extremely important because the four first albums that I made was Mm -hmm. with him. I don't know if I I wouldn't have gone the same way anyway, but I mean, what we have done together has been enormous And, and I've learned a lot from him and also... I believe he's he's one of the greatest geniuses of our time. I mean, I've never, never heard anyone. And we're still recording and we're still doing all these concerts. Mm -hmm. We're going for a Japanese tour in two weeks now. And uh, and looking very much forward to that. That's a 40-year anniversary with him. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow. That's so exciting. (laughs) Yeah. You... Uh, made the transition and, and found this passion with writing, but also conducting. Can you talk a little bit about that and how you discovered that and what kind of uh, artistic vision you have now diving into conducting as well?
1: Well, it was, an it was, both of them was accidents. Hmm. Uh, I was, I was actually already at 17 when I got so hooked with music. I studied composition and very seriously. And I wrote my first piece, a brass quintet. We played it through, and I hated it, <laughs> and decided never ever to write a piece again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I did what I didn't understand that was that that you can't play, you have to rehearse it many, many days before it gets before people play the way you want them to play. Mm-hmm. But I was too too young and I didn't realize that. Then at 39, I Jan Sandström, who wrote the Motorbike Concerto, he said, there was a chamber orchestra who wanted to commission a piece from him. And uh, he said to me, Christian, you have premiered 67 trombone concertos now. It's time for you to write your own, because I know you have written many of the things already Mm -hmm. in those 66 trombone concertos. Mm And I said, Well, I decided never ever to compose. Give it a try, he said, and I'll guide you through. And I wrote Araben. The day after, I had two commissions, very prestigious commissions. And since that day, I have been sort of, there's been a queue of pieces that I have to write. Mm-hmm. Chicago mm-hmm. Symphony, Rotterdam Philharmonic, uh, Orche- Orchestra Milano, Verdi Milano, and uh, Scottish Chamber Orchestra, Swedish Chamber, or you name it. I mean, I've, I've written for all these orchestras. When it came to the conducting thing, it was a little bit similar or... There was it was an, a, a British orchestra called the Royal Northern Symphonia. Simon Rattle's first orchestra. Mm-hmm. And I was a soloist with them. It was a very difficult piece. The conductor couldn't really do it. So I I helped by moving and also rehearsing. Yeah. And then they said to me, You should be a conductor. And I said, no, I don't want to be a conductor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really didn't want to be that because it's a very, it's not very easy job and not very rewarding in, in many ways. And then they, they talked me into it. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll give it a try. In three years, I come. There was a 97 and nine, 2000, I came there. And I got a phenomenal review in the, in the Guardian in London. And then I thought, okay, I'm probably fit for this. So I started then. And then since then I've been, I had four, I've been music director of four different orchestras and I've conducted probably 200, two, 300 orchestras around the world.
0: <laughs> if you just weren't so good at it, they wouldn't have called you. So you, <laughs> yes. you keep stumbling into these things.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that's that's how it was. But then the... Then there's of course a, a huge pressure when once you of course you have to oh, you have to work so hard and I, I worked extremely hard hmm. to be able to to manage all these things. But I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Do you do you ever feel like okay, I've done a, a bunch of that. I want to get more in, back into the playing side, or I've done a bunch of this. I want to get back into the directing side or composition. Or are you just juggling all three right now?
1: Well, the thing is. That ever since I started with conducting and composing, I have been thinking, what should I choose? Mm-hmm. Because I felt, you know, oh my god, I have to I have to go one direction or the other. And eventually it came to the fact that I couldn't leave anything
0: off. Mm-hmm.
1: I couldn't I, I I just had to continue with all of it. And it made me work very, very, very hard. But also it's been extremely enjoyable. I think they feed each other. But but it, it requires me. I mean, like I have to I have to get up at six o'clock in the morning and, and not go to bed until 12. <laughs> And just work constantly.
0: Yeah, I can imagine.
1: Most of the time. But uh, I, enjoy, I enjoy other things too, partying and <laughs> things. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: what is your like, happy place to write and compose? And, and does it take you time to get into that headspace? Do you need a couple of days to kind of clear your head? Um, or can you do it on the
1: road? I can do it on the road. You can. I can do it on the I can do it's a very good when you have because I compose on the computer. And a very very good time to compose is when I when I go into the taxi to the airport. That's usually like very and go out in the you know you go into the to the lounge before you go on the plane, you Mm -hmm. sit on the plane. There's so much dead time there. And if you have really good uh, earphones, Mm -hmm. what what I do then is immediately when I go into the taxi, I plug in (laughs) and it's like go into this and I'm just in that world and I can do a lot. And then when the taxi stops, I just switch off and I go on. So so I'm I'm lucky in that respect I can do it like this.
0: That's great. Yeah, long flights yeah. a lot of time that you have back. To, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And 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 in in fact before I had this the composition thing it was unbearable, you know, when you sit there and mm-hmm. you have to you, you watch movies or what you do, what you sit and do nothing. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's so so that's a very good time to do it. Whereas also, I mean, here it my I have my paradise here with forty thousand square meters uh, by the sea. That's of course the best. <laughs> it's not
0: not the worst place to be quarantined for a couple of years.
1: No, it's okay. not.
0: <laughs> good. One of the albums that I would listen to uh, nonstop growing up was the Criminal Trombone uh, album, and. Yeah. I, I'm so interested in in when you were thinking about trying pieces from other instruments, if you were just kind of like tired with the trombone thing, it was all kind of the same thing for a very long time. And then all of a sudden it branched out. And I, I credit that album to us having a, a much more melodic voice on the trombone and, and being able to play cello music and flute music and, uh, you know, the romances and stuff. So... Uh, Where did that come from And the inspiration for that
1: Yeah well that's interesting That's a good question Because you know I was never particularly Sort of hooked on any kind I had no boundaries really For me jazz was the same as Beatles Mm -hmm. And and playing trombone music On the trombone Or playing whatever on the trombone Was fine with me Mm -hmm. But when Mm -hmm. I did my original album, the the first album the virtuoso trombone it was like there was the the strict there was so strict that how sh- how can i break through the man the the record company said how do i do this and and he said you have to do original music like hindemith and martin mm-hmm. and berio mm-hmm. so these had to be on there and i said at the same time yeah yeah but no one will really okay, they will listen to that, but a couple of trombone players, but trombone players are not very fond of those pieces either because they play them all the time. Right. So we had Shulik at least, that mm-hmm. I managed to sell to him, even if they, he didn't know what it was. <laughs> and then and then I said, I insisted on having those four virtuosic pieces, Sharda's uh, Flight of the Bumblebee and those. The record company producers said this is risky, mm-hmm. you know, to, to mix uh, 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 sort of uh, music from transcribed music and everything. And, and, but it, it, it turned out to be a good success. And then we did the second album, The Romantic Trombone, with, with basically original music. And then I started to feel I have to come out of the box here. I have to really do something. So we did the burlesque trombone with a couple of burlesque things. Mm -hmm. And then I said, okay, let's go. (laughs) Let's go. Criminal, okay, okay. I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to transcribe here because the classical music mafia is going to say, oh, trombone, it doesn't fit the trombone. So let's call it the criminal trombone. And then I had three hands and I just picked the most beautiful music I I knew.
0: I completely came across as <laughs> you you your voice coming through and, and you're being yourself and it's just it was uh yeah a much more fearless moment and and growing up with that knowing that that is allowed you know yeah like yeah. I never lived in a world where that wasn't allowed uh so <laughs> yeah very cool now what about these days what are you listening to now what, what kind of inspires you are the young players is it I mean, it doesn't have to be trombone.
1: Because I have a recording company, I'm sitting sure. editing. I listen all the time. It's like a constant listening. Like the last thing I listened to was the like like the the Roland in playing Mozart, hmm. and uh, and it's one of the most beautiful thing you can listen to. But let's let's leave that aside because that's work. When I listen <laughs> to something for. For for uh, relaxation, mm-hmm. I would say I listened to a lot of uh, uh, Coltrane, Miles Davis, Chet Baker, um, who else? Uh, Jill Evans, mm. Bill mm. Evans. Uh, it's like something that... When I want to listen and be relaxed, Beat the Beatles. I still listen to the Beatles.
0: Do you have any favorite the- Beatles songs that come oh. to mind? I know there's so many. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's very many. And what one well, I have? She's Leaving Home. Hmm. That will be. That's one. Uh, the Sgt. Pepper's album is mm-hmm. for me the 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 most fantastic. And Abbey Road, of course. Hmm. And then, of course, I saw this beautiful Peter Jackson film. Mm. With eight hours, Peter Jackson film, of course, with, it, with it, "Let It Be," <laughs> and, and these things. So, so uh, that's basically what I'm listening to, and because all the other music I do all the time. But I'm I'm extremely fascinated by by Tchaikovsky and by Mozart and Schubert and peterson Alan Pettersson is the Swedish uh, composer who wrote 17 symphonies. It's hm. fantastic, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> what more can I say? Yeah. It's, it's a lot.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Um, from your record company now, is there anything that you would want uh, people who are seeing this to go check out? Any uh, standout artists or records that they should uh, go see?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot there. European Gramophone. They should go in. I would. I would. At the moment, I would say there is a flute. Flute player called Tobias Karon, who I think is the greatest flutist on this earth, who just recorded two sonatas, violin sonatas with for flute and piano, that that would be amazing. We have a Mozart festival at the moment. We are going into a brass festival oh. where we, we are doing, uh, uh, pa- I wrote the trumpet concerto for Pacho Flores. I wrote the double concerto for trumpet, trombone, and orchestra, which I play with him also. They, they are out, they are about to be out on um, quite, quite soon. And, uh, have the promo that Tromoko concerto. We're doing a Tchaikovsky festival and we're doing a Schubert festival. So, I mean, there's wow. so much, so much going on.
0: <laughs> you are very busy, huh? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so uh, before we wrap it up, um, yeah. I just wanted to ask a couple more fun questions. So do you have any... Uh, performance, like horror stories that come to mind. You've been performing for many, many years. I'm sure there's some things that have happened on stage that were
1: not planned. Absolutely. I remember I I was going to play the motorbike concerto in Sevilla mm-hmm. with the Malmö Symphony Orchestra and James De Priest. And uh, it was on a tour. I came, it was a Sunday and I went straight down to the concert because we'd played it in in Malmo already. I had this little little opening in my bo- in my gig bag, oh no. and the mouthpiece oh no. fell out. Okay, Sorry. so I came to Seville on a Sunday afternoon, having a concert in the evening without a mouthpiece. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do I do? Well, the, the the bass trombone player turned out to have. A, one mouthpiece, which was drilled out, even drilled out. So I played the whole motorbike concerto on a a bass from one mouthpiece, drilled out. And I didn't say anything to anyone. And then I asked James the afterwards, the conductor, if he heard anything special tonight. And he said, no, I think it was better than that. So that was one story. And then I did also, what I remember once when I was running in, I have this motorbike, uh, short ride on a motorbike, which I'm going to do in the, in uh, Conway too. And I always run in and I run in and I have like two seconds to start to play uh-huh. and I run in and I slipped <laughs> And the tape goes on, you know, so I oh, had sure. to stand up and I had this enormous pain in my back and there was no no way to stop. And then I have another story, which is also quite funny. I was uh, playing a recital in Manchester with Roland Pentinen, And we were playing first. We started with Bach. Uh, Gamba Sonata, I think. And then Roland was going to play a solo. I was going to play uh, Stravinsky Firebird. We made an okay. arrangement for Firebird. After the interval was, was Prokofiev from me and Juliet. And the f- we played the first piece and I was ready to go to my room and I put the trombone down on the floor and this didn't stop to stop applauding, So I'd put it down on the floor Went out, took the applause again, and took it up, and apparently it went under the the door, and I took it up, and the slide was like this. Oh no! And it was totally broken. And I had seven. Roland was going to play a solo piece, and then I'm going to come out and do do write this uh, Firebird. And there was a lot of people in the audience, a lot of trombone players. Mm. So I I. I did what I could. I tried to bend it and tried everything to at least make it work. Came out on stage, started to play Firebird, you know, like this. And in the middle of the piece, I realized I'm not going to, this is, I'm splitting every second.
0: Note. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I stopped this. I'm sorry. There was an accident here. Is there anyone in the audience that has a slide? Yeah. And I, because I was sure well, someone must have a trombone there, but there was no one. Really? <laughs> so I had to finish the piece with a bad slide. I did. But then in the interval, there were four guys mm-hmm. who went home to there. So I got four trombones <laughs> to play the second half of Prokofiev on, a, on another slide. Wow. <laughs> so it happens. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right Uh, amazing wow unless there's anything else that you uh want to get to or
1: promote i must say i'm looking so much forward to meeting all the fantastic trombone colleagues that will be there and spending time with them hanging out with them and also performing and listening to them so Yeah,
0: it'll be a bit of a homecoming, I think. Uh, You said 2003, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So this is great. Uh, If you want to hear more, uh, definitely check out the links. Go to trombonefestival.net. Once again, that's July 13th through 16th at the University of Central Arkansas. Come out here, Christian and everybody else. Uh, It's going to be a wonderful time. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us.
1: It <laughs> was a fun talk. Thank you very much. Awesome. Great to see you.
0: Well, there you have it. Oh, my gosh. This was uh, very strange for me because I have been in the trombone world as a very public figure, like it or not, uh, for about a decade now. And I've met so many great trombonists, uh, so many musicians far better in skill than I am. Uh, and for some reason, Christian and my uh, paths never crossed. Uh, and I guess kind of have online today, but I uh, uh, won't actually be in person until uh, this summer. Again, July 13th through 16th in Conway, Arkansas. But um, yeah, it was uh, kind of surreal. And I don't really get starstruck anymore, certainly not. From trombone players. <laughs> but uh this is as close as, as it was gonna get. Maybe you noticed, maybe you didn't, but I was saying lots of things were uh amazing in this interview. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. Uh yeah, so if you want to see me a little bit uh on my back foot, that that was that. But uh he's a super nice guy and uh very charming. And he does these live streams for uh the European gramophone. Uh, record company i think it must be tuesdays or wednesday i'm not sure maybe wednesdays uh but you could check on the facebook uh page for that and they have like uh announcements for all of the new records coming out it's really cool stuff and and uh to be honest i didn't know very much about it before the interview but in uh adding the clips and editing the interview uh they put out a lot of freaking music and it's really really good uh so if you're into classical music in general and want to be a little bit more on the forefront of uh, new stuff being released and recorded, good place to go. Uh, Anyway, that's that. Uh, It was a promo for the Trombone Festival, but a little bit indulgent for me uh, to chat with one of my heroes. Um, I remember listening to Concertino, uh, the Ferdinand David concerto that my, my trombone private teacher gave me this recording of Christian Lindbergh playing, and I was just kind of that was my first mind-blown moment where I was just like, oh, that's, that's what the trombone's supposed to sound like. So when I play, still to this day, in my ear is very much Christian Lindbergh's sound. So Anyway, uh, thank you so much for watching this video or if you're on the podcast, which, by the way, if you want to hear the audio-only version of these interviews and things uh, and very silly things in between, that's uh, the Sea Seableasy Nose podcast uh, on all the things. Thank you so much to the Patreon donors for making these videos possible. Uh, you know, I could have put an interview out. It would have been uncut. It would have been a little bit boring. And instead, I got to spend the time to edit it and edit in those cool clips of the music that he was talking about. That kind of stuff it takes a lot of time. And so uh, I can do that because of the Patreon donors. So thank you so much. Uh, Patreon.com slash classical trombone if you want to help out as well um other than that find me on all the things at classical trombone throughout the week instagram tiktok all that good stuff and uh i'll be back with some new music uh probably next week uh but until then thank you so much for watching and uh i'll see you soon peace